Well, good morning, Rivertown Community Church. Hey, so good to have all of you with us. Uh, two weeks ago, we started a conversation on what I believe is like one of the most important private disciplines, or you could even call it the most important personal habit that you could practice at any time in your life, and it's the habit of prayer. So to get us started in this last part of our conversation today, I want you to finish this sentence. I am anxious or worried that, and you fill in the blank. And here's the reality. It shouldn't be too hard for you to fill in that blank. Because in this season, there are a lot of things that can create anxiety or worry in our lives, isn't it? See, it's not just the pressure of dealing with the unknown of the COVID virus. But this week, man, it has reminded us that we have a lot of work to do when it comes to racial reconciliation, when it comes to prejudice, when it comes to injustice and hate in our country. In fact, um, some people say, well, what, what has prayer got to do with all of that? I think Carl Barr said it well when he said, clasping our hands in prayer is the beginning of an uprising against disorder in our world. So I don't think there can be a more important subject for us to talk about as we're looking around and seeing what's going on. In fact, um, I think it's so important that we recognize this and that we address this, that not only we do clasp our hands in prayer during this season, but we're going to, in a couple of weeks, we're going to dedicate an entire series to how that we as Christ followers can be even greater ambassadors of unity and love in our country and in our communities and in our neighborhoods. So uh, here's what I know, because I've had so many conversations over the last day or two with so many of you. So, some of you you would fill in this blank and say, I'm anxious and I'm worried about the future of our country. Others of you would say, I'm anxious and I'm worried about the economy. For, for others of you, the thing that's causing anxiety, it's not really on a national level. While that does worry you and cause anxiety at some level, but it's more on a personal level. Some of you would say, I am anxious or worried that... What's my education going to be like next year? So some of you are worried or anxious about your marriage. This season has stressed it out to the max. Others of you, you're worried about money or paying bills or you're worried about having enough food or you're worried about how you're going to survive this season with your kids because you feel so overwhelmed. Others of you, and this has been an interesting conversation, others of you, you're worried about your faith. And that's kind of ironic, isn't it? Like when we need God the most, we often worry about being able to connect with him. Because many of you have told me you're, you're worried about your relationship with God because in this season where there's so much chaos and so much confusion swirling around, it's hard for you to feel connected to God. So again, what are you anxious or worried about? Now, while you ponder that question and while you think about that, I want us to think back to the question that we've been asking for the past two weeks, and it is this question, and that is, is it possible for God to be personal? And this question is so important because if it's possible for God to be personal, then maybe he will hear my prayers and relieve my anxiety and my worries or relieve those things that are causing my anxiety and worries. And, and if he's personal, then maybe it's possible to have the kind of relationship with God where he's not just some force in the sky that I pretend to talk to or hope is out there. Instead, I can actually relate to God in such a personal way that I can experience that he is active and involved and interested in every area of my life, especially in those areas 
where, am I, where I'm experiencing anxiety and worry. And as we've learned over the past two weeks, Jesus' answer to this question here, is it possible for God to be personal? Jesus' answer is absolutely yes. It's absolutely yes. God can be personal. And not only that, God wants to be personal. In fact, he wants to be so personal to us that he invites us to approach him like we would a perfect, involved, compassionate, caring father. In fact, when Jesus' disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, he said, here's how you start your prayer. Our Father in heaven. Literally, don't talk to God like he's some kind of judge or boss or ruler or some force out there. Jesus says, you pray to God. You can talk to God like you would your daddy if he was a good, caring, loving, involved dad. See, just like kids have no problem making bold requests of their dad if, if he's an engaged dad, Jesus says, hey, you're invited to pray that kind of bold prayers or make those kind of bold requests to God. And here's what we've learned over the past two weeks as well, that bold prayers are founded on this idea that I don't have to protect myself from God. He wants to be my father. So I don't have to protect myself from God. And when I'm not trying to protect myself from God, then I can have the attitude of, I trust in you, God. I completely trust in you, God. And since I trust in you, then I surrender everything to you. I'm going to trust that your kingdom is greater than my own and that your purposes are wiser than my own. And because I am fully surrendered to you, then I acknowledge that I depend on you. I depend on you, God, to provide what I need. I, provide, I depend on you, God, to forgive me when I fail. I depend on you to protect me from the times that I'm drifting into danger or stepping into temptation. And you know what the best part of all of that is? Is that Jesus taught us, and we looked at this last week, that God always moves when persistent prayers are prayed. In fact, we said these three statements, they are the foundation and they are the path for praying bold prayers. And if there was ever a season in our time when we need to be praying bold prayers, it is now. Now, if it's true that we have a heavenly father who has all power and has all resources, then why do we worry and why do we worry about what we worry about? I mean, after all, I mean, God loves us unconditionally. And, and Jesus says, hey, remember your heavenly father, he wants best for you. And, and he, he, he invites us to bring all our worries and all of our cares to him. In fact, Peter says, hey, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. So why worry? So maybe, maybe the bigger question for us as we close out this series is, how do I get from knowing that worry isn't necessary or helpful to actually not worrying? Well, here's the good news. There's a straightforward answer to that question, and it's found in a short little letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to Christians living in a city called Philippi. And it's very near the end of his letter that he drops in this extraordinary truth about how prayer overcomes worry, anxiety, and fear. And what makes this even more remarkable is that the Apostle Paul, he wrote the words we're about to read while he's under house arrest in Rome. And it was a house arrest that eventually ended in Paul's execution 
and he knew it was coming. So if there was anybody that should have been anxious, if there's anybody that should have been worried, it should have been the Apostle Paul. If anybody should have said, hey, I want to believe in God. I want to trust in God. I want to surrender to God. I want to depend on God. But I'm about to die. God's not going to come through for me. Should have been the Apostle Paul's attitude. Instead, he says this in verse 6 of Philippians chapter 4. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Now, let me just talk or clarify what we're talking about today when we talk about this whole thing of anxiety. We're not specifically addressing biologically or neurologically caused anxiety or kind of depression. Some of you, you battle with those issues. And I just want you to know, while I think what the Apostle Paul, his advice, it can be helpful to you, there is added complexity to what you deal with with those things. But what we're talking about, when we talk about anxiety today, we're talking about self-chosen anxiety. And the Apostle Paul, he says, hey, do not be anxious about anything. And some of us are thinking, really? Like, could the Apostle Paul have set the bar a little bit higher? Like, I shouldn't be anxious about anything, like no big thing, no small thing, no anything in between. Why not? Well, let's put it this way. Anxiety and worry, they are markers of a much deeper issue. Anxiety and worry, they're kind of like a check engine light on your car's dashboard. It's telling you that something else is wrong. See, when you are anxious and you're worried, it's, it's a sign that you either have a focus issue or you have a faith issue. See, sometimes anxiety or worry is because you have taken your focus off of God and put it on something else. And sometimes anxiety and worry, they are signs that you stop trusting God is who he says he is. And so you've put your trust in the wrong place or the wrong person or the wrong thing. So the Apostle Paul says, you shouldn't be anxious about anything. And our question is, how? How are we supposed to do that? And here's what he says next. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, don't miss that, but in every situation, in every situation, the situations we find ourselves in right now as a country, he says, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So the Apostle Paul says the antidote to worry or anxiety is prayer. Because see, here's what prayer does. Prayer, it helps you shift your trust and it helps you move your focus. But you have to learn to pray in the right way for that to happen. In fact, in this verse, the Apostle Paul, he tells us what helpful, bold prayers that help us overcome anxiety and worry. He says, here's kind of the path and the pattern to them. So first of all, the Apostle Paul says, you need to remember that no situation is too small or too big to take to God. You bring, don't forget this, every situation, any size request to him. Just like my kids, when maybe they're in their teenage years, they they would come to me one day and say, hey, dad, I need $5. Or maybe the next day or two, they might come back and say, I need $50. And occasionally might even come back and say, hey, dad, I need $500. See, they didn't care 
how big or how little it seemed to me, they ask in every situation. And the Apostle Paul is saying, so can you. You can bring every request to God. And he says, you bring them to God by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. So let's break this down. He says, you bring every request to God by prayer. Well, prayer is talking to God. That's what prayer is. Prayer is just talking to God. It's having a conversation with God. But petition is asking for. So you could write it down this way if you're taking notes. Prayer is talking to and petition is asking for, which means while you need to talk to God in a general sense, you also need to get specific with your petitions that you bring to God because it's not a bold prayer if it's not specific in what you ask for. So you don't just pray general, God bless me, God help me, God provide all of my needs kind of prayer. You don't even know if what you're asking for is going to be answered if it's all general talk. He says, so you need to be specific in the petition part of your prayer. Now, the Apostle Paul also says that while you should talk to God, that's the prayer thing, and you should be specific, that's the petition thing. He says, whenever you ask for something, you should also do it with, and this is the key that we all miss, you should do it with thanksgiving. In other words, he says, don't spend all your time in prayer focused on the negatives. No, he says, you, you need to frame your request and your needs in the context of the positive. I'm just telling you, this is so important in this season because right now it is so easy to let all the negative things that are happening around us take over even when we're talking to God. It's so easy for that. So here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. He's saying, I'm going to to present my request to God. I'm going to tell him everything I'm anxious about. I'm going to tell God everything I'm worried about, but I'm not going to stop there. I'm not just going to tell God my request and the things I'm anxious and worried about, because if I stop right there, my focus is all on the problem, not on my provider, not on God. So I'm going to have to shift my focus from what I don't have to what I do have. I'm going to have to be honest about how I'm worried and how I'm anxious, but then thank God for what I do have. I thank God that he's in control. I thank God that I already have more than I deserve. I thank God that even if the worst happens to me, God will still be with me. I'm going to present my request and petitions to God with thanksgiving, which changes my mindset and shifts my focus. And here's what it does. It decreases my anxiety. Now, here's what's fascinating about this. The Apostle Paul, he wrote this 2,000 years ago. But you know, research has proven that gratitude, thanksgiving, it really does lower anxiety. It is the antidote to worry. In fact, here's what author Tanya Peterson wrote about gratitude and anxiety. She said, mental health experts agree. Feeling and expressing gratitude helps anxiety. 
Once you know what gratitude is and is not, you can use thankfulness to improve your mental health. Being appreciative of the things in your life doesn't mean you have to be grateful for having anxiety. It also isn't a magic wand that will poof away anxiety. But gratitude can rewire your brain to experience less anxiety. The effects of gratitude on health can be, get this, life-changing. Being grateful is a shift in how you view yourself and how and the world. It changes, get this, it changes your focus from what is wrong to what is right. So, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you spent more time thanking God for what you have than being anxious for or asking for what you don't have? Like, when is the last time that you brought your request to God sandwiched in between this overflow of gratitude for who he is and what he's done? Like, what would happen the next time that whenever you begin to treat worry and anxiety as a trigger to express gratitude in your life? Like the next time you're worried or feeling anxiety about something, you just came to God and said, God, I'm worried about my health, but thank you for creating a body that can heal. God, I'm worried about my kids, but thank you that you gave them to me and that you, you think I'm enough. And thank you that you love them even more than I do. Or God, I'm really worried about having enough in this season, but thank you for all that I have. Thank you for giving me food to eat and clothes to wear and a roof over my head. I'm, I'm going to do my part and I'm going to work hard and I'm going to follow your plan for money's management. But then I'm trusting you with the rest. Like, imagine what could happen if you would just shift your focus from what is wrong to what is right and sandwich your worry with gratitude. Now, here's the good news. You actually don't have to imagine what would happen because the Apostle Paul tells us, and it's better than any that, anything that we could probably imagine. In fact, here's the end result of big, bold, grateful prayers. Notice what he says in verse 7. And the peace of God. And isn't that what we all want? That's what we all want the most. In fact, really, the, the people who are struggling and writing and showing so much hate, you know, you know what they... What they really want right now is peace. That's what all of us want. See, you want peace when you're worried or feel anxious. And the Apostle Paul says God wants to give you his peace. Now, when you stop and think about the peace of God, here's a question to think about. Do you ever think God's peace ever gets shaken? I mean, like, what could make God worry? And we all kind of know the answer to that is nothing. Which is why God says, hey, your peace is really fragile. So let me give you my peace. In fact, look at the rest of the verse. It gets even better. He says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Now, we may not be able to fully explain what this means, but you know it when you see it. The, the peace of God that transcends all understanding, it's that peace that people have when, when 
They should be worried when they should have all kind of anxiety, but instead they're just doing life at peace. I mean, you've watched some people go through some terrifying stuff and they should just be worried about it, but they never showed any anxiety over it. And you thought, how are they doing that? I, I would be beside myself. I would be worried to death. And they're in pe- at peace. And you're, you're going, are they in denial? Do they not realize how bad this is? No, no, no. They've just learned how to present their request to God with thanksgiving. And you know, when you learn to present your request to God with thanksgiving, that builds the foundation to be able to trust God in any circumstance. But notice what else is promised. And this is so amazing. Last part of the verse. He says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Literally, when you learn that you can trust God because you are in Christ Jesus, he says what that does is it protects your heart and it protects your mind from anxiety. In fact, he says it replaces your anxiety with peace. So, so whenever you're afraid and, and you feel anxious and worried, what should you do? The answer is pretty simple, the Apostle Paul says. He says, you should pray with thanksgiving until the peace of God comes. Like, don't focus on your problem or don't just focus on the problems around us or the problem that, that creates worry in your life. He says, focus on God who is so much bigger than your problem. And he says, what that does is that creates peace. So he says, you take your problem or the problems that you see in this world to the one who not only can handle it, but also cares about it. Better than that, he cares about you, which means you don't need to worry. You do what Peter says, you, you cast all your cares on your heavenly father. You just leave it in your father's hands. So here's our challenge for you today. What would happen if every time you worried, you prayed with gratitude. What if, what if you made this habit, this your habit, every time you started to feel anxious? Now, this doesn't mean you don't talk to God about your problems or fears. No, 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 you do that. You just sandwich them with thanksgiving, with gratitude. And here's what will happen if you do. You would be worried and feel anxious a lot less. You would be contented and be thankful far more. You, you would be happier and you would have more peace. And here's the even more. Your relationship with your heavenly father would be stronger than it is now because, see, God would be far more personal because your trust in him would just skyrocket. And the result of all of that is you would start living a life that inspires other people around you to trust God. Because here's what would happen. You would live with a peace that causes others to stop and to say, wait, how can they handle all this chaos and all this confusion so well? How can they handle things that are creating anxiety and worry in everybody else? How can they handle it so well? Which means it wouldn't just change you. It would change your family. It would change your friends. It would change those people that are closest to you. So here's the question. What are you worried about? What are you anxious about? What's consuming your thoughts right now? And here's the thing. You're welcome to keep worrying if you want, but that won't change anything. Or you can accept the invitation from your heavenly father to trade your worry and anxiety for his perfect peace. So here's what's going to happen. In just a minute, the band is going to come back out and they're going to sing a song. 
And the first line of the song says, I've carried the burden for far too long on my own. I hear your invitation to let it all go. And some of you listening today, you need to accept that invitation and you need to release your anxieties and your worries to God. You, you need to run to your heavenly father. And for some of you, that means saying, God, I ask you to be my sin forgiver. I ask you to be my life leader. I ask you to be my father from this day forward. Because see, seeing God as the perfect heavenly father is the key to be able to experience God more personally. And it's the key to knowing the peace of God in your life. But it all starts with you getting to a place of being able to pray, pray bold prayers, of prayers that are based on the foundation of God. I trust in you. I surrender to you. I depend completely on you. So let the words of this song sink in as a band's plays, but let me pray first. Heavenly Father, I thank you for just this incredible opportunity to experience you. And God, I pray for the man, the woman, the student right now who's just saying, God, I need you. God, I am filled with anxiety. I'm filled with worry. And I just ask that you will come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sin. God, be my dad. Be my father from this day forward. I'm going to follow you, and I trust you. I choose to trust you today. I choose to surrender to you and depend on you. God, I thank you for that incredible opportunity and that privilege. God, for those who maybe are already Christ followers, may, may this song be the reminder that we can depend on you as our dad who loves us and cares about us, is interested in everything going on. And, and we see the problems in our world and we see the problems in our nation and we see the problems in our own lives. God, may this be the reminder. God, I can bring all those requests. I can bring all those petitions. I can bring all those problems to you. And I can even sandwich those with gratitude, with thanksgiving. God, you, you make a promise that is just extraordinary. And you promise that your peace will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you back here next Wednesday night.